The message is we're, we're trying to keep up. The massive new effort to protect your credit card information from skimmers. We're not safe. <laughs> it's horrible. Burglars targeting cars all over Cape Coral. What cameras caught right in front of these homes? Oh, they need to change that immediately. NBC2 found offensive language on government forms. I call it my beach. I don't know what's happening to my beach. An NBC2 investigators exclusive how leaders are putting aside their politics to help fix our shoreline. We are tracking a very large thunderstorm and a strong one through Charlotte County. So this is for Port Charlotte up through Northport and now it's starting to enter Englewood and Rotunda. What I do want to show you is the rain only because they've just issued a flood advisory for this area where we've had near two to three inches of rain just within the past uh, three hours, if less than that as well. So right along Winter Garden Ave over to places on uh, Robinson Ave all the way down through O'Hara drive. That's what we're tracking and you need to be cautious if you are going to be out and about into Charlotte County. Let me show you the wider view of this and put a storm track on it. It is moving at a pretty good rate. So when will it stop raining for some areas into Charlotte County? Murdoch at 608 and Eljo Bean things should start to let up at 620. What can we expect for the rest of the night and tomorrow? Your first alert forecast coming up. Lee County deputies are taking drastic measures to stop crooks from getting their hands on your credit card information. They promised to inspect more than 1,400 gas pumps by hand. That is every single one in the county to make sure no skimmers are hidden inside. The county requires gas station owners install security measures to keep skimmers out. Still seven were discovered so far this year. Deputies will visit more than 200 gas stations around the county to make sure they're following the rules, and they plan to do it all by the end of August. NBC2's Megan Bragg found out what deputies will leave behind to let you know you're safe to fill up. Yeah, when you're out pumping your gas, you're going to notice something a little different. What you're going to notice is this sticker. This is to let you know that the Lee County Sheriff's Office is making sure that gas stations are complying with that new ordinance to help stop skimmers. Good morning, sir. These deputies. Those are the ones that are encrypted. Aren't looking for skimmers on these pumps. Anything with the three lines. But rather devices to stop them. Yeah, it's the sheriff's logo there. This sticker will be on 1,400 gas pumps by the end of August to follow a county ordinance passed at the beginning beginning of this month. Us putting the sticker on there lets everyone know that we've come out and done that for them. Deputies will inspect the pumps to make sure gas stations have at least one way to stop skimmers, like a lock, a device that encrypts credit card information, or security code entry. We're going to give everybody a warning and ask them to be in compliance by the time the date we give them to come back and see them. If they're not in compliance, they face the penalty of $250 per pump per day. I think that's a great idea. Make it safer. So far this year, LCSO says seven skimmers were found on pumps in unincorporated Lee County. And with technology getting greater, LCSO says they're trying to keep up with new ways criminals are trying to get in. We're trying to keep up, and as much as they try to steal it, we'll do our best to keep them away from it. Now, because there are so many gas stations in the county, the Lee County Sheriff's Office is going to try to inspect each gas pump once a year. Reporting in Lee County, Megan Bragg, NBC2. Now to an NBC2 News alert. Charlotte County deputies found a skimmer hidden inside a car reader right at the checkout of the Circle K on Duncan Road in Punta Gorda. Not on the pump, but inside on the card reader. It happened at the 
store at the intersection of Piper Road. The sheriff's office shared these pictures on their Facebook page. The store's car reader wasn't set up to read a chip, so customers were forced to swipe. The discovery comes after several reports of people's credit card pin numbers being stolen and used to buy things. If you think your card was compromised, call your bank, then the sheriff's office. A flesh-eating bacteria in the Gulf has a lot of people worried about getting in the water. Since March, several people have made headlines after contracting the bacteria. This happened near Tampa, Destin, and Palm Harbor. Two of those people died. Experts at FGCU say the bacteria has been in the Gulf of Mexico for at least a decade. It thrives in warm, salty environments. Experts say the average immune system can fight it off no problem, but people we talk to on Fort Myers Beach aren't willing to risk it. I just put my feet in. That's it. I'm not going all the way. It's like scary. I'm not trying to like die. Experts say if you have any scrapes or open wounds, it's best to stay out of the water so that the bacteria doesn't get into your bloodstream. Collier County deputies are searching for a man who held a gun to someone's head and robbed them on Jackson Street, south of US 41 in Naples. The victim told us he was getting something out of his car this morning when another man pointed a gun in his face and demanded money. The victim handed over cash and the gunman took off. 11 car burglaries in 14 hours at homes scattered across Cape Coral. No matter where you live, nothing is safe anymore. The first one happened just after 5 a.m. on Southeast 9th Avenue. Six more happened in that same neighborhood, and then four more in streets farther to the South Cape. NBC2's Joanna Boris talked to some of the victims to find out what the thieves took. People who I spoke to today say no one in Cape Coral is safe from car break-ins. Last night's victim in Southwest Cape say they've been hearing about it everywhere and assumed it was just a matter of time. I had heard about it happening in other neighborhoods recently, so I was wondering if we were going to have it happen with us. One, two, three, four people caught on a home security camera trying to catch the five-finger discount on other people's belongings in Southwest Cape Coral neighborhoods. They're probably looking for money or things to sell, you know, radios and stuff like that. Neighbors tell me they were clueless to the crimes until Monday morning when they went to leave for work. Our center console was open and some stuff was sitting on the passenger seat, and we knew that that hadn't been us. A quick look at the footage. It just looked like a bunch of kids wearing sweatshirts running around. And this is only in Southwest Cape. No matter where you live, nothing is safe anymore. If they're going to break in, they're going to break in your house, too. A victim over on the 1900 block of Southeast Cape sent me this security footage. You can see two people walking. One approaches the victim's car, the other keeps going. The victim says this is the second time in six months someone has tried getting into their car but was unsuccessful. It's a little unnerving, but they didn't hurt anybody, I guess, so that's a, that's a plus. A report from Cape Coral Police says that one victim in the southwest Cape had a gun stolen from their car. Police say the best thing to do is make sure you don't leave anything in your car and lock your doors. Live in the studio, Joanna Boris, NBC2. The Army Corps of Engineers is about to send water from Lake Okeechobee right to our coastline for research. The NBC2 News app alerted you about this decision this afternoon. Last summer, flows from the lake spread harmful algae through our waterways. But experts say this time is different. Tomorrow, the Army Corps will begin releasing roughly 90,000 gallons of lake water. 
every minute. That may sound like a lot, but this time last year, they were actually releasing more than 1 million gallons. The algae situation is different now, too. This is a satellite image of the lake last year. The algae bloom covered nearly the entire surface, but this year only about 20% of the lake is potentially covered with algae. Tomorrow's releases are meant to help researchers figure out how to stop harmful algae from spreading in the future while still keeping Lake Okeechobee's water at a safe level. Sanibel Island is once again choosing paper over plastic. Today, the city council approved a resolution asking families and businesses to find alternatives to plastic bags like canvas or paper because plastic is bad for the environment. It's really the plastic bags, the plastic bottles, the things that need to be taken away. We are making recommendations to businesses to say this is how we want to see you operate. The resolution is not an actual ban, more of a request. Plastic straws, however, are banned on the island. Dozens of self-storage units are suddenly popping up across Lee County. They're pretty hard to miss in places like Cape Coral, Fort Myers, and Estero. And experts say they are a sign of something bigger. NBC2's Delia D'Ambra found out what more storage options mean for our neighborhoods across Southwest Florida. You've probably seen them popping up by what feels like the dozens, self-storage or public storage units. I spoke with an FGCU professor of business to figure out what this means for our area. When you look at where we are as a society, we tend to have a whole lot of stuff. And that stuff has to go somewhere. Conveniently, self-storage retailers have opened almost a dozen new buildings in Lee, Collier, and Charlotte counties in the last year. I see this one going up, and I think there might be another one nearby. Some locations in Estero and Cape Coral are controversially placed next to residential spaces. So I think it's tacky. Uh, they don't look that badly. Uh, it's, it's just another building. We have a tendency. FGCU business professors say the influx of temporary space indicates an economic shift in our area. Well, it's just a reflection of a growth in the population, and we're, we're definitely seeing an influx of new residents to the area, so that's really what's driving this expansion in that part of the market. Economists say it's likely families unable to buy homes in this market are using these storage units in larger quantities for longer chunks of time. You usually go in with expectations it'll be relatively short term but then life throws you some sort of change and the next thing you know that term gets extended a bit. Retailers who responded to our story indicate building won't stop as long as consumers keep renting. In Lee County, Delia D'Ambra, NBC2. All new tonight at 6. I'm continuing to track this strong thunderstorm moving through the Cape Hayes Peninsula. South McCall Road is going to be a very tough commute with the amount of rain coming down. A flood advisory is in place for parts of the Cape Hayes Peninsula. We'll track this storm and what else to expect for tonight coming up on your first alert forecast. Our way of life in southwest Florida is directly affected by the health of our coast. And last year was red tide. This year is all that seaweed. See how leaders are putting politics aside to try to fix it. Ahead at six. NBC2 discovers offensive government documents referring to African Americans as Negroids. But how did this happen and what one Florida congressman is doing to change it?
Yes. Sure. The official title of this group will be the Southwest Florida Regional Resiliency Compact. They're still. Uh, test one, two, test one, two, three, four, test one, two, three, four, test one, two. It does resemble another word that I feel uncomfortable saying out loud. We showed the government documents to numerous Here tonight, a Florida congressman wants to change words on official government documents with racist meanings in history. Official federal death certificates being used today refer to African Americans as Negroids. So how did it happen and what's being done to fix it? NBC2 chief political reporter Dave Elias is getting answers for us tonight. Yeah, Peter, this is the actual government death certificate that many soldiers killed overseas are getting. It basically gives three options when defining race, and the word Negroid was used up until the 1960s as it has a negative connotation of racism and slavery. So why, then, is it on a government document in 2019? It does resemble another word that I feel uncomfortable saying out loud. We showed the government documents to numerous people. Uh, is there one word that's standing out to you that could be offensive? That one right there? Yeah. Yes, that's very offensive. <laughs> You know, that's, that's not even a word, is it? It is, or should we say was, up until about the 1960s. How old is this document? The Department of Defense has been issuing these death certificates to soldiers killed overseas. Congressman Alcee Hastings saying, I was shocked to see this term listed on documentation sent to the family of one of my constituents. Oh, they need to change that immediately. I would have expected that already to be changed. It was ordered changed in 1997, but apparently wasn't. It's not surprising to see that government would have this type of offensive language. Lee County NAACP President James Mwakil remembers when the word was still used. The color helps to determine a person's status in this country. He, like others, is demanding that it be changed. It's all part of um, the ongoing 
race problem that we have in this country. I don't think that the last thing they need to see on a death certificate is a word that was commonly associated with race and segregation. Now, Congressman Hastings has introduced legislation requiring the Defense Department to modernize its forms. He says other documents ask for skin color with options of yellow for Asian and red for American Indian. His bill, by the way, passed the House. Live in the studio, Dave Elias, NBC2. From your Collier County News team, take a look at this. A car crashed into a fire hydrant at the intersection of US 41 and Pine Ridge Road. Eastbound lanes of Pine Ridge Road had to be closed until deputies could get the water under control. The lanes just reopened within the last hour. Teamwork just might save our shoreline. Toxic algal blooms, red tide, climate change, all with the potential to impact our lives. NBC2 investigator Rachel Polanski shows us how leaders are putting aside political differences to work together on these threats. From increased flooding to stronger hurricanes, climate change is already impacting southwest Florida, and sea levels are rising at a rapid rate here at home. Rising sea level is real, and we're getting reports now that it's occurring in Collier County. And so from my perspective, I have an obligation as a policymaker to acknowledge this and to then be a part of the solution. But what is that solution? While climate change and sea level rise can be sticky, often controversial topics, this FGCU professor has come up with a plan to get to the root of the problem. It makes more sense to approach preparedness for climate change on a regional basis than it does by a city-by-city -city basis. Dr. Mike Savarese wants to create a Southwest Florida compact that would include leaders from Lee, Collier, and Charlotte counties to work together on issues that clearly cross city and county lines, like climate change, sea level rise, and storminess. Because uh, we're here in the city of Markle Island, but the city of Everglades City is suffering from similar problems as is Naples, just a little further north. But now he has to get a lot of different people with a lot of different opinions to come together. To do that, he says he's taking the politics out of it. It's not a political issue. It is a people issue. It is a quality of life issue. And there are problems that we are encountering. We need to find the cause of those problems, whatever it is. And we need to find solutions, whatever they are. And he's getting a lot of support. It's better to be proactive than reactive. And if we see we're having a problem on the East Coast, then it makes sense to start examining that problem and, and determining whether that's something that will be confronting us. And if so, what's the best way to mitigate it? And that support is not just from lawmakers. I've never seen the ocean look so bad. Those who live along the coast are also worried, searching for solutions. We live right across the street. And even though you think, oh, no, it can't rise that much, but when you read all the research and everything, it can happen, maybe not in our lifetime, but it seems like it's around the corner. And this concept of creating a compact to tackle coastal issues is not new. Leaders from Palm Beach, Broward, Miami-Dade, and Monroe counties created a Southeast Florida compact to fight climate-related issues 10 years ago. And they've seen success in creating a regional climate action plan and a vulnerability assessment. They serve as a great exemplar for what we could do here in southwest Florida. And Savarese hopes to follow in those footsteps. So by bringing jurisdictions, cities and counties together, you can lobby government for support better. You can come at state government with a united voice uh, and be more effective uh, by sharing the problem and the solutions to the problem. 
the official title of this group will be the Southwest Florida Regional Resiliency Compact, and they're still working out the final details of how they'll get things accomplished. We have all the information about who's taking part and what they're planning on doing on our NBC2 app. For the NBC2 Investigators Tonight, I'm Rachel Kalansky. Kind of refreshing to see people working together. Yes, absolutely. I mean, we live here for the water, for the beaches, and we need to protect those things Absolutely. and make sure that we can live here for a long time. Um, we have some storms out there I want to show you on our tower cam that you can see that thunderstorm in the distance if the brightness of your TV is adjusted correctly or okay. Uh, you can see the rain in the, in the distance there. This is a pretty strong thunderstorm. In fact, we had winds reported up to 51 miles per hour. Even at Punta Gorda Airport, they had a report near 43 miles per hour. So pretty strong winds. And now thankfully it is starting to wind down a little bit on its intensity, but we're still dealing with a flood advisory. So that just means, hey, you know those areas along the road that really have that water pile up and your car could eat your easily hydroplane. That's what you can expect through the Cape Hayes Peninsula until the storm gets out and the waters are able to recede. It's not a flood warning. It's just a, a flood heads up, the flood advisory. So right along South McCall Road all the way up as it turns into Englewood and pushes off to the west. Look at the lightning, though. Lightning is very intense. Uh, near 100 lightning strikes just within the past 15 minutes. Here we have the back edge of this pushing off to the west. So things will begin to wind down. This is the the timestamp of when things will be a little bit quieter through Northport at 625 and Rotunda at 630. So we have another 10, 15 minutes to go of this storm pushing out. It might start to spread out and weaken a little bit before it really gets offshore. Also, farther to the north, Arcadia, you're about to see the storm that's moving over from Joshua. So round two with heavy rain within 10 minutes as well at 630. As we travel farther south, just some light showers right now through Cape Coral, Matt Lachey, and over to Sanibel. And I had my eye on this storm earlier, and now it's starting to fade away. So this will kind of flatten out and hang around Alligator Rally. Also near Marco Island, those storms are pushing out into the Gulf of Mexico. We have a storm just south of Clewiston. This is pushing off to the east, actually. So we'll keep an eye on that one. Make sure it doesn't start to stall out or head up through Clewiston. So for tonight, things are beginning to taper off and head out into the Gulf, and that will continue for the next two hours or so before things are all said and done. Into the overnight hours, what you would expect, clearing the skies, and we'll start to see more sunshine heating up fast. You can feel that humidity. It feels about 100 degrees by before the lunch hour for tomorrow. Rain showers and thunderstorms will be back in the forecast tomorrow. Not as many as what we had today, but there will be a few that are pretty strong and they could last well into the evening. We might have a later start tomorrow and then a later finish. By 1030, we could still be tracking some of those strong thunderstorms. So keep the umbrella with you and really no surprises for the next few days. Maybe a change up for the weekend. I'll explain that in your seven day in just a moment. Mid 70s as you head out the door back to 93. We reached 95 today for the second day in a row. LaBelle and Amaka at 96 degrees, a little bit hotter inland where the rain will take a little bit longer to produce. Winds out of the southeast boaters and then the southwest. Here over the weekend, it could have a little Saharan dust work its way in and that would lower our rain chances and make a little bit of a hazy sky, but mid 70s and low 90s each day. That's your first alert forecast. All new tonight at 11. Do you plug in your phone before you go to bed? Maybe even keep it right next to your bed? Well, if you're like me, you might want to think twice. Tonight at 11, how your bedtime ritual could put you and your family at risk.
All new tomorrow at 6. Brand new bud turn boxes could be popping up near you. Tomorrow, NBC2 is live to show you how they'll keep you safe on the roads. And it's rinse and repeat on Wednesday. I'm First Alert Meteorologist Jason Dunning. I'm updating you on rain chances for the day. Good chance for some thunderstorms. I'll pinpoint when and where and your forecast on the twos. Join us starting at 4.30 a.m. right after early today for all your latest breaking news, weather, and traffic alerts. All new, tomorrow at 6. Brand new bike turn boxes could be popping up near you. Tomorrow, NBC2 is live to show you how they'll keep you safe on the roads. And it's rinse and repeat on Wednesday. I'm First Alert Meteorologist Jason Dunning. I'm updating you on rain chances for the day. Good chance for some thunderstorms. I'll pinpoint when and where and your forecast on the twos. Join us starting at 4.30 a.m. right after early today for all your latest breaking news, weather, and traffic alerts. Well, last check of your top stories. Deputies will inspect every single gas pump in Lee County to make sure there are not any credit card skimmers hidden inside. They will leave a sticker on the pump so you know it's been inspected and safe to use. They hope to finish all of this by the end of August. Reports of a flesh-eating bacteria in the Gulf of Mexico have people worried about getting in the water. Two people have died this year. None of the cases were in our area. But experts say this bacteria does thrive in the Gulf. The average immune system can fight it off, but if you have scrapes or open cuts, avoid the water until they heal. Cape Coral Police are investigating 11 car burglaries in just 14 hours. You see surveillance cameras here. The crooks targeting homes and neighborhoods across the city. Some of the victims caught these guys on their security cameras. Police are not telling us if they've made any arrests. Let's take a look at First Alert Live Doppler to show you where the strongest storms are. Right on the edge of the Cape Hayes Peninsula, pushing off to the west. Soto County, you're getting some good downpours as well. Want to update about tomorrow's storms on tonight at 11. See you then.